The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The most important thing about your business could be how your products are packaged. Packaging is the signature that you leave everywhere, and it speaks volumes about who you are and what you do. This is Ditch the Box with David Marinak. In today's show, we'll talk about marketing, increased sales, and how it relates to product packaging. Have you explored alternatives like flexible packaging? You should. It can save your company a bundle. Now, here is David Marinak. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Ditch the Box, the marketing slash flexible retail packaging slash how to build your brand radio show. I'm David Marinak, your host. As you know, our show is about marketing and flexible retail packaging with a few other related topics in between, such as how to build your brand dealing with major retailers and even supply chain. Now, normally start our show with the industry news, but we're going to flip-flop things a little bit. Our guest today is Tom Scheiman, President and CEO of Be A Sweetie Candy Company here in Cleveland, Ohio. But first, a little background and history on this incredible candy company. 1950 to 1982, a bag of sweet candy company was formed as a partnership between brother, brother-in-laws Frank Stansney and Al Tokar. The two Broadview Heights residents started bagging bulk candy in the basement of Al's home on Wallings Road before moving into a building on 4, 4011 Brook Park Road. They sold the bags of candies to grocery, drug, and convenience stores through a network of six independent distributors. The 1,200-square-foot, two-story building was the home for the company until 1982, when the company was sold to Tom and Judy Scheiman. The major customers in this period were Fisher, Fazio, Costa, Leader Drug, Friendly Drug, Silverman's, and over 125 convenient food marts. 1983 to 1997, Tom and Judy, the current owners, moved the, moved the company four miles west to 10904 Brook Park Road in a 4,000-square-foot building and started selling candy to the public. The retail store name was Joey's Candies, named after Tom and Judy's son, Joe. Over a five-year period, the company opened 10 additional Joey's Candies retail stores throughout Northeast Ohio. The business climate changed in the early 1990s, and the company changed its focus and in 1993 closed or sold all the 10 Joey's Candy stores and incorporated them into a new, new corporate identity in 1993. The new name, Be a Sweetie Candy Company, DBA Sweeties Candy, was born. The company's top wholesale customers include Stop and Shop, Marks, Tops, Supermarkets, and Medic Drug Mart. 1997 to current, the company moved back east about one mile to its current address, 7480 Brook Park Road. I believe that's changed, but we're going to get to that in a second. The 6,000-square-foot building was retrofitted to incorporate new big box design and selling candy. But in 2013-2014, Be a Sweetie purchased a 4.625-acre parcel at 6770 Brook Park Road that now is the world's largest candy store right here in Cleveland, Ohio. Tom Scheiman, welcome to the show. How you doing, David? I'm doing okay. Did I get that? I right as I was reading off, I was like, wait a minute, that's a little outdated because you guys have current you're the six seven seven Brook Park Road, which 
currently is the world's largest candy store. Right, that's correct. Yeah, that's our new location. That's where I'm talking from right now. Um, yeah, isn't that amazing? 65 years now we've been selling candy on Brook Park Road. So, yeah. <laughs> Fourth well, location. My, I don't know how many expansions. Just unbelievable. What a and you're coming around to your high time here, which is, well, of course, you've got a couple different high times, but we got Halloween right around the corner. Is Halloween historically one of the better holidays? Yeah, it's our second largest selling season. Easter's our our largest selling season, but uh, total of the fourth quarter of the year is our largest selling quarter between holiday, Thanksgiving, and, and Halloween. It's um, it's amazing. Sure. And the new store, I know we're going to touch base a little bit, but before I forget, it's, I mean, from what I understand, Tammy, one of our, our great staff members here, just loves it there. I was at the old store. I haven't been to the new store yet, and she keeps saying, you got to go. It's unlike anything you've ever seen. <laughs> You need roller skates now. So the new <laughs> building is 40,000 square foot. Oh. And, uh, you know, it's open to the public. It's just, it's just an amazing warehouse full of candy. That's <laughs> amazing. Well, that's a good segue. So let's go back to the early days, if you will, okay? Um, mm-hmm. You know, there's a great story there of determination and trying new things when you're talking about Joey's Candies, the retail stores. Now, you expanded, and then it kind of something changed, something happened. W- was there a lack of interest? Was it competition? Tell us a little bit about Joey's Candies. Yeah, no, actually, we started expanding into the retail business in 1984. We opened up a uh, second store in downtown Cleveland, then a third store in downtown Cleveland. Then we branched out into local shopping malls. And by the time 1991 uh, was around, uh, which was a recession, um, we had 11 locations. Well, you know, people during that era shopped at JCPenney and Sears, Yep. And uh, that foot traffic really, you know, that, that really dropped. So it really hurt our revenue. We probably dropped 15% in, in uh, average revenue uh, during the 1991-1992 years uh, just because the mall traffic was down so much. So we refocused. We, I sold two stores and closed the rest of them and just uh, kept the, uh, the main store on Brook Park Road. And that was pre-internet times, and, and so that took a little, you know, a lot of foresight to be able to kind of say, we're going to scale back from that retail side of things into more of that, would, would, would that be a safe statement, into more of a smaller yeah. presence, if you will? Yeah, pretty much. And what was happening is the, the mall rents are they're astronomical in costs. Right. You know, the mall brings a lot of traffic, a lot of foot traffic, um, but it gets to the point where a, a value-priced retailer, uh, in this, uh, that's, this is the particular hat that I'm wearing right now, um, and, you know, in order for us to really uh, build a customer base, we, we sell at, at very good pricing. Unlike today, if you walk into a mall and you buy candy at a local store, you pay four times what you should. Uh, but that's only because of the cost per square foot, you know, right. to rent that space. So we we somewhat got caught in that uh, with paying at that time. I think we were in the mid twenty dollars per square foot. Today it's probably forty five to fifty dollars a foot, uh, you know, but, to pay for, for rent. So you know, business well, and model it's, just didn't work. And what's what's scary too is I, I just and I, if anybody's gone through a, a mall lately of any of any you know whether it's indoor, outdoor, or, or kind of semi in between both. I mean, goodness, you may have all the foot traffic in the world, but like you said, you can't afford um, to price your value um, candy. Um, right. You know, to you, you can't afford it. You just can't keep up with the rent. 
Right, right, right. I mean, you can, you know, you depend on all the other employees of that shopping center or, or you know, a customer to come in and spend 3 or 4 or $5, you know, just for a handful of candy. Well, right. that's not our business model. We're all about value. I think our average sale here at the store is $26. You know, so when customers shop here now, um, you know, they're loading up because it's really good priced product and, um, um, you know, they, they know that, you know, we're a destination, you know, we're not in a mall, we're in a, right. you know, somewhat industrial area, so they really make it worth their trip, and they really stock up. Well, and that's what makes it so unique when, when, when anybody's in town from, um, you know, that's not familiar with Be A Sweetie. I mean, to be able to get there, like you said, it is a destination place. It is some place that you're going there specifically to go there. Then maybe you'll stop and have lunch. Then maybe you'll do something else. But it's clearly, first and foremost, to get to the candy store, um, right, stock exactly. up and, and yeah. load up, which is, which is awesome. And props to you guys for going down that road. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been very good. When you started the, you know, uh, again, after the, you started the big box design, if you will, of selling candy to the public. And and we were talking um, a little earlier about Marks and Stop and Shop and Tops. Those Mm -hmm. those are some old, old names. But was selling candy to the public something that always interested you? Or was that, I mean, as far as that that world, um, that that kind of wholesale-ish type of thing? Mm -hmm. Uh, no, actually, because we were primarily just a distributor supplying other stores right. when we were when we were we first started. So I mean, I think we only had maybe six employees, but then we had uh, you know the 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 trucks that went out to uh, you know to service the candy departments in the convenient type stores or the grocery stores. But what happened was uh, we moved into the uh, our second location, uh, which was about um, four thousand square foot. And we would get a lot of broken boxes. We only sold by the whole box. But then we would get broken boxes, you know, or somebody wanted a sample or something. So, well, what do you do with a box of 22 pieces if you're supposed to sell it when there's 24 in there? So we had this little corner in the front of the building that I said, you know what, let's just put in like a little showroom and, you know, we'll open the door, let people come in and buy a Hershey bar or, you know, they can buy, you know, uh, single pieces of candy. And, um, and it was a struggle for a while because, you know, we were more or less not known for, you know, for uh, retail sales. I mean, we were just a, just a distributor supplying other stores. So, um, you know, it evolved. It, took, it probably took three or four years before people really realized, well, yeah, we can go in there and, you know, buy a couple of candy bars or maybe a half a pound of bulk, of bulk Tootsie Rolls or something like right. that. So, yeah, that's how it started. I'll be darned. And then at that particular point, again, that was at your 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 other location. Um, you call that your second store, if you will. Did I get that right? Right. Yeah, that'd be the second store. Yeah. And that that's one nine zero four. Exactly. And at that particular point, you also had to have the foresight because that was just one section of a building, and you were beginning to buy up the neighboring, um, whether it be the neighboring stores or, or space next to you. Is that right? That's, that's yeah, how that, that was became in, to evolve. Yeah, that was the third location, though. So, you know, we opened up, we started with a little bit of retail at the second location from, wow, that would have been 80, 1983 to 1997. Wow. So, you know, we, we opened up part of that to, um, you know, to the public. And then eventually... We open up the whole building to the public somewhat, right. maybe right. 70% of the building. <laughs> but then when we moved into our third location, which started out at 6,000 square foot, 
Um, then we expanded that particular property. And again, all on Brook Park Road, all within yep. four miles of the original building. Uh, then we, uh, then we uh, really expanded from that, from that point. We started out at uh, the 6,000 square foot footprint and ended up at 21,000 square foot, all, most of it open to the public. And all of selling that glorious different styles and, and flavors of candy. Unbelievable, yeah. man. Yeah. You truly are the candy man. Well, it's time for a quick yeah. break. Uh, we're going to take a, take a few minutes here, take a quick break, and then we're going to come back. I really want to dig into some of these nostalgic brands and stuff that you can't find anyplace else, but you've got it at Be A Sweetie. So hang on, right. everybody. We'll be back with Tom Scheiman of Be A Sweetie Candy Company. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. If you currently or aspire to serve on a board or work in a leadership capacity for or with a public or nonprofit organization, where can you turn to get the best advice and practices? How about Leadership Matters with Dr. Cheryl White, Linda Schub, Gerald McFadden, Andre Howard, Tom Wall, and Rihanna Absar? Our program discusses challenges facing both public and nonprofit leaders. Don't miss these practical solutions and tips to enhance your leadership style and effectiveness. Leadership Matters airs live Wednesdays at 2 p.m. Pacific, 5 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel. Voice America Business Network, the bottom line in business. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to our second segment, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, we're talking with Tom Scheiman of Be a Sweetie Candy Company. 
Tom, let's dig into a little bit. We kind of like teased a, a few of our, our listeners here as we left. I know a few of our folks are uh, listening in um, on, uh, on the internet here. The brands that you carry, those old nostalgic, I'm talking Clark Bar and Necco Wafer, uh, yeah, yeah. how in the world is, have they always been in business and you just kind of, how did you resurrect these brands? Were they always in business? I mean, what, how, did, how did you even find that stuff? Yeah, well, it's really not a matter of resurrecting the brands. The brands have always been there. It's just that they don't get any, you're not going to find um, those types of items in the mainstream stores um, because those companies that that, um, make, let's say, Clark Bar. Clark Bar Bar is made by Necco Candy Company in Revere, Massachusetts. Okay, so um, and it used to be made in Pittsburgh, uh, yeah, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, but yep. it got bought out by a couple of companies. It's still out there, and it's still a good seller for us. But but um, uh, it's a small company that owns it, and they cannot afford to do business with the big guys because it costs a lot of money. First of all, to get their get that Clark bar on the shelves of let's say a you know a national uh, uh, retailer uh, drugstore retailer grocery retailer or mass merchandiser so um, you know they depend on companies like myself which is somewhat of a dying breed I mean we're really a rarity that um, you know that that sells these types of items but they're still available they're manufactured every day of the week you know so are you are you constantly uh, looking at you know, do you, how do you, I, I guess you got to kind of have your hand or, or finger on the pulse, if you will, of the different types of um, candy that's out there. I mean, how much of it do you mix between the nostalgic side of things and just new stuff? I mean, is there such thing as new types of candy, obviously for kids, but I mean, I'm just trying yeah. to get an idea of how, how often are you kind of changing and updating that inventory, if you will, of different types of candy? Daily. Wow. Honestly, Daily. Um, so we have one major show a year in uh, Chicago where we'll have about 15,000 people out there and they're professional candy buyers like myself, you know, distributors like myself, uh, retailers like the big companies that are out there. Then all the manufacturers are exhibiting at the show. So you have the Hershey's and the Nestle's and the Mars and the... Cadbury's, you know, plus all these small manufacturers, and they're showing what they have, you know, all of their items, new items, old items, you know, promotional items, seasonal candy items. But that's just, that just happens once a year. That's kind of like my vacation for the year. For the year, it's a right. really, uh, it's four days of just go, go, go. It's just amazing. Uh, and because of our reputation, because we've been around forever, and we have substantial volume, a lot of these manufacturers seek us out also, and That's we're used cool. in some cases for test items. You know, hey, we want to resurrect this brand. What do you think? You know, what about this flavor profile? Um, you know, whatever. Would you test it in your store and give us the feedback? Which is, you know, which we do quite a bit of too. Is it true? And I heard something, and I I thought this was fascinating. And I, and I really kind of kept this question until you and I were, were chatting. Is it true that there is a a specific kind of group of candies that are only sold east of the Mississippi, west of the Mississippi, kind of kind of like the, almost like that divide? Is that true? Yes, uh, there are regional brands and a lot of regional brands. You know, you being from Cleveland and, and me right. being from Cleveland, born and raised. 
Um, we have Mally's Chocolates over here, which is a great right. chocolate company. Well, you sure go down is. to Florida, you don't know what Mally's Chocolates is. Yep. Yep. You know, it's a regional. It's just actually that's just the local, and there's a lot of that, which is fabulous. You know, and that's what adds the flavor to our great city here. Um, yeah, it's, you know, it's, those, those you're right. It's very, very, and it's unique because there are certain things like a be a sweeties, if you will, uh, and and, and, right. and Mally's, of course. It's just you just won't see that anyplace else. And I've sent um, stuff that I've gotten from your store. We've sent out some with some of those nostalgic boxes of old time candy to some of our clients because yeah, yeah. because it's such a cool. Oh, I remember this stuff when I was a kid, or I remember my dad used to give me those, you know, in Indian whatever or tea berry gum. Um, right. You know, you can really, you really pull people in, and it's such a very, very cool vibe when you've mm-hmm. got something that's truly Cleveland. I mean, it's pretty special. Right. right. So we stock a candy bar here called Abba Zaba. It's yep. made by a small family company out in Hayward, California, uh, Annabelle Candy Company, and it's a large, really, really large seller uh, on the West Coast. On the East Coast here, we're more Midwest in Cleveland. Right. Nobody knows what it is. Not that nobody knows what it is, but it right. doesn't have the, have the presence of, you know, what it really does on the West Coast. And that's the regionality, you know, of particular brands. You try to sell a Clark bar out in California, they're not going to know what it is, right. you know, unless they're from the Midwest or from the East Coast. <laughs> It, it, it's and just, we, and, it, and again, you've got, you've, what, what's so cool about what you're able to do with this, because you're able to kind of really, obviously those people who aren't familiar or are familiar with it on the West Coast to be able to kind of, oh man, I could never get that here, or I never thought I could get that here. You really kind of pull them, um, you know, it, it's just a, it's just a very cool thing. Uh, good for you guys. I think it's really neat. Yeah. Yeah. It's really been really well. Yeah. So we opened now, a location in Phoenix, Arizona. Yeah, and um, so you know, and uh, in Phoenix, uh, a lot of that market is all transient out there. Um, and the reason I'm out there is because I bought a home out there. Or I'm going to retire one day, maybe when I'm 99 years old or something like that. <laughs> uh, so, so the customers out there, a lot of them are from the Midwest. A lot of right. Chicago people retire and go to Phoenix area. And you know, there's our store is so successful out there because of we brought all these brands, all yep. these old fashioned candies out to that market, and they're very appreciative. Tell us a little bit about that Phoenix location. How long has that been around? Um, it's been uh, open for five years and three months, and uh, we're moving the location. We have a 5,000-square-foot building on one of the busiest uh, intersections in uh, Chandler, Arizona, which is a, a, a suburb of Phoenix. Yep. Uh, we're moving that location uh, in right after Easter of 16, in April of uh, 16, into a 13,000-square-foot uh, building. Um, <laughs> because we're tapped out for space, we just can't grow it. We're, we're just, uh, it's just, it's a warehouse style, so we have inventory 12 foot in the air, and that inventory is into the rafters right now because we just have nowhere to put anything. So we've been I'll a little be stagnant done. in sales for two years. So uh, we made the move um, to, uh, you know, to take over a larger facility and uh, uh, start moving that in uh, April. Well, let, let me just uh, jump into that because that's a good segue into this. How, how brutal, how competitive is that candy business with other retailers? I mean, what are you, mm-hmm. what are you fighting with on a regular basis? Okay, I don't. I actually, I never okay. ever start my day or never ever think about competition. I don't have any competition. There are a lot of places to buy candy. 
Yep. You know, you can in, in this market, in the Cleveland market, we've got, and we are so blessed to have chains like Marks and like Discount Drug Mart, sure. and, you know, Independence, you know, Heinen's, Dave's, um, you know, but then we have the big guys, the CBS, the Walmart, the Target, the, you know, the uh, uh, Walgreens, and, you know, our pricing is very, very competitive on uh, what we call commodity kind of items, sure. Halloween season, okay? You know, you want to buy the little snack-sized candy bars. Well, it's one of those lost leader items for most stores. You know, they get sure. you a hook. You can come in and buy the bag for $2.99 and, you know, uh, use your card. You have to scan your card in order to get that price or whatever. Well, right. we sell that bag for $3.39 every day. You know, so our price, the pricing is very good. There are a lot of options for people to buy candy, but they can't buy the candy that we've got here. I mean, some of it, yeah. Those items that you can find at, you know, the local grocery store, the local drugstore, uh, chain drugstore, whatever. You know, we've got those type of items too, but they're priced very, very competitively. So, and, and it's one of those things as a, you know, as a businessman, I work on a very small margin on those items because I know that I have a lot of competition on that, but oh well, that's okay. I can play with the big boys, and we do, and we do it very well. And I, I think you brought up something really interesting too from the from the business side of things. And I and I, I remember specifically when I was walking through the store, not the newest one, the the, the previous one, but I thought this was fascinating. Your hook, um, it, hook is the wrong way, but. I was drawn in there for that nostalgic kind of brands, if you will. I was looking for the Clark bars because I'm originally from Pittsburgh. I know it's a bad mm-hmm. thing being in Cleveland from Pittsburgh, yada, yada, yada. But um, the Clark bars, and I saw some other stuff. But what I also found there were those bigger brands that the the, the big retailers had. So, frankly, it was kind of a re- reverse thing for me. I was drawn in with a nostalgic set of things, but I also saw, hey, I could pick up the other stuff that I normally would have to go to the grocery store for. It has You have everything there. Yes. Ten years ago, um, ten years ago or so, I did not stock a Snickers bar. Snickers wow. bar is the either number one or number two selling candy bar in the country. Right. I refuse to stock it. Because you can buy a Snickers bar anywhere. Anywhere, right. Yeah, and then I had some wholesale customers that said, you know what, you got to stock, you got to bring Snickers bars in for us. You know, we, we want them. Because our niche has always been nostalgic or hard to find, you know, right. or, you know, those types of items. Not the, you know, mainstream. Well, Snickers bars today is a very big seller for us. Uh, and, it, you know, it was a good move to finally get off off my soapbox and say, you know what, if customers really want it, I'm going to bring it in. So now we stock all the national brands now. We have all of it, absolutely all of it. And, you know, the, the reluctancy was not to, my reluctancy not to stock it was I didn't want to support the, you know, the, the multinational the companies. And, yeah. You know, you can get that anywhere. I, I'm all about supporting small manufacture. Uh, but my customers dictated different. And I think that's just a, a matter of the, uh, the culture of consumers today. They see it everywhere else. They expect it here. You, you know what I'm saying? It's not. Oh, like, yeah. You know, people will they'll come in my store and they'll say, where are your other locations at? You know, they think that we're like a chain, like a Walgreens right. store or whatever. It's like, well, we are a chain. We have two stores. <laughs> <laughs> one in Cleveland and one in Phoenix, Arizona. <laughs> <laughs> we're a chain of two. I love it. We're a chain of and two. You, 
That's or a chain of two, and you can't break that link. Well, I thought it That's was interesting right. too. You mentioned Snickers because I remember um, specifically, and I know this is really bizarre, but um, you know, we bought some of the nostalgic boxes of candy that you guys have, and it was a collection we're sending out to gifts for for clients or whatever it is. And um, the first thing people will do is naturally gravitate to the brand that they know um, before they really see the nostalgic kind of thing, like tea berry gum or whatever. So I found that um, you know people will grab that Snickers initially. And and take a bite or take a piece or whatever it is, but then they'll kind of then they'll venture their way into the tea berry gum and the Necco wafers and the Indian um, those Indians were those Indian right. seeds is that what that was yeah you know, Indian pumpkin seeds yeah Indian yeah. pumpkin oh goodness gracious yeah. unbelievable you know what David when I buy that I buy and I do this about I buy that load about six times a year I buy uh, 30, 50 to sixty thousand packs every eight weeks get that's out. how much of that i sell yeah that's mm-hmm. crazy mm-hmm. yeah oh, yeah goodness. it's an amazing seller oh man well tom we're going to take a quick break would uh would you yep. stick with us because i'd like to talk about the new store and the absolutely. planning and all the other kind of stuff is that okay with you okay sure. absolutely thanks buddy all right so we're talking with tom shyman sit uh sit back everybody we're going to take a quick break break we'll be right back thanks We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Effective leadership is what will propel the world, organizations, and businesses through a range of dynamic changes. How do you keep up with these changes, build skills, and lead effectively? Listen for Innovative Leaders Driving Thriving Organizations with Maureen Metcalf. Maureen offers tools and engaging guests who are leaders in their field. With each week, you'll work on and improve your skills to lead with confidence and drive your organization's success. Tune in every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific on Voice America Business. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. 
If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to david at standuppouches.net. That's david at standuppouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. Welcome back to our third segment, folks. We're talking with my friend Tom Scheiman, president, CEO, and founder of Be a Sweetie Candy Company. So, Tom, let's talk about that new store, that glorious new store. How many years of planning did it take, you know, to find the site and then design it and that kind of stuff? How long did that whole process take? Well, first of all, it had to be financed, okay? Right. So, yeah. and uh, I, uh, I am fortunate to be uh, my own bank. So, it took <laughs> about, uh, it took about uh, five years of profits, and, yeah. uh, you know, socking away a couple of nickels here and there. Right. Because it's a substantial piece of property. It's almost five acres. The building is 40,000 square foot. Um, and, uh, you know, it was an incredible investment. So it probably took me, well, it took me five years to save enough cash to do it. Right. Uh, then another, about uh, four months in design and about a year and a half to build. So it took a total of seven years. Uh, and we, we opened uh, on budget, um, and, uh, or I shouldn't say that, close to budget, uh, in about three months late, so, which was not an, not an issue because I still have a lease on my old building, so, and I'm still there for at least another year anyway, so it didn't make a difference. There wasn't any real time constraints on anything, and it worked out just fine. You know, and, and, and again, as a business owner, uh, looking at a fellow business owner, I, I can't say, but just it, you're, a, you're a great inspiration for a guy like me. It does, it's not easy to, to pull in all the stops because this wasn't an easy thing for you. I know that was, I'm sure you had some sleepless nights going, what am I doing? Because um, the other yeah. store was, <laughs> was going gangbusters, right? So real quick story on, on the building of the new building here. Um, I signed the contract uh, for, you know, the millions of dollars that it right. takes to build this thing. Right. And then I get a change. They call them a change order. Oops, something happened. We have to add a cost. Okay, what's going on? Well, the, the property that, you are, that we're, we're building at one point had a lake, okay? So we have to dig down 50 foot uh, to put the, because it's a steel building, we have to dig down instead of 10 foot, 50 foot, so we can hit bedrock, so we can pour concrete, so your building won't fall over. And we have to do that in five spots on this one wall, that's the east wall of the building, at a cost of $44,000. That was just to dig five holes further down, 50 foot, and add the concrete so the steel could sit on it and the building wouldn't fall down. Now, those are things you would never know was going to happen. Never. Nobody could ever assume that that was going to happen. So we ran into three problems like that uh, just by not knowing exactly, you know, what, what, the, what was on this property from, you know, hundreds of years ago. So, uh, but, you know, those are things you just don't, don't do. And, you know, you, you kind of you, you roll with the punches, you know. I mean, just think about $44,000 worth of concrete in the ground that you're never going to see or never, gonna, never get a return on. It's just there just to hold up the building. <laughs> Unexpectedly, no less, too. So, I mean, it's not like that was yeah. an easy kind of like, oh, crap. Um, yeah, yeah, let's just was, go with it. And that was right after the contract was signed and they were doing all the excavating of the property. Unbelievable. Like, okay, this is going to be a long journey. 
(laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, that's crazy. How long did it take you guys, once the store was finished, for example, to to really move the stuff over from the from the other location? Was that something that, that is done over a period of months or weeks? <laughs> this is amazing. We did not close one day. Wow. We were in business, and we moved in. Our first day of business in the new location was January the 2nd. We were closed, which we are always closed on all holidays anyway. We were closed on January 1. But the way we made the move was we, the building was done and under roof in around uh, August of uh, 14. Uh, yeah, it'd be August of 14. Right. So we started having inventory shipped into the new building uh, from the factories in about uh, mid-October of, of 14. And we started, we had all our racking, because everything here is brand new. So my old store is still completely an old store, except for inventory. There's no inventory there, but all the racks, all the old computers, all the checkout stations, uh, forklifts, all that is still at the old store. And one day I'll figure out what I'm going to do with all of it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man, this is crazy. It was very... I, I can say it was easy, but it was well-planned and uh, well-designed, uh, so we didn't really miss a beat. Because I, I really don't want to, I didn't want to close for, you know, not for right. one day. And, and we, we were able to achieve that, so. Well, and again, that's, that's a, a that's, that's, that's a testament to not just your foresight, but, but your whole entire crew, who I know love being there as well. So to be able to pull that off. It's amazing. Good for you guys. Yeah, That's it really awesome. was. I, and, and talk about the crew. Boy, I tell you, I have the best team around. I'm really, I got incredible people. So. Well, it's, it's interesting. If anyone hasn't been there, when you do go there, and I'll, I'll, I'll have the address and phone number and all the other kind of uh, jazz towards the end of the show. But, you know, it, that's one thing that I did pick up uh, of, the, of the times that I've been at the, at the store was um, the people are just, they just love working there. You know, they just love, there's a vibrancy to it that um, you don't find at uh, the regular retailers. I know I'm comparing apples and oranges between you and retailers, but, you know, there's something where people just really, truly enjoy working there. There's a spirit to it and, and, and you guys have it there yeah yeah and and our customers feed on that um right. you know i mean we have our stressful times here but you know what we're, we're very fortunate we're selling candy so right. when people come in the store they're in a good mood when they leave the store they're in a better mood because right. now they have you know a bag full of all their favorites you know even if it's a, a snickers bar Right. You know, uh, or, 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 you know, a bottle of soda or whatever, you know, they're just, I can't tell you, I'm outside and I see people walking out the door and they're already into their bag before right. they even get to their car. They're, they're ripping open a candy That's bag us. Or, or, That's they're, us. or they're opening up the bulk bag of Jolly yep. Ranchers or whatever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> the gummy, the, the gummy fish, those, those candy fish or whatever my grandfather would get for me. I saw that you had them and I was like, I couldn't wait. I think I was nibbling right after I paid for them. I mean, it's, it's, yeah. pathetic. <laughs> we have I don't know how you do that'll it. come up to the register with just the wrapper. <laughs> you know, they walk through the store and you know, they're hungry. So they're eating their Clark yeah. bar or whatever. And they come to the wrapper and beep, you know, we just scan it. You know, they already ate it, but you know, <laughs> How it's different fun. is it's it when you're selling to a, a, a major retailer? Or, well, I was a major retailer, but, but, but you're, you're bigger boys versus that general public. I mean, how, how different is that for you guys? Uh, night and day. You know, yeah. you, you walk into a big box store and try to get somebody to help you. 
You know, right. it, just, it just doesn't happen. Right. And, you know, uh, or ask a question on what about this or what about this or, you know, not necessarily where is it located in the store, but, right. you know, I remember, the, you know, the stories are, well, I remember this candy. It was tasted like this. It was shaped like this and blah, blah, blah. We'll figure it out for them in most cases. Sometimes we can't. But in most cases, we'll figure out what it is that they want because they don't remember what the brand name is, right. you know, but right. they remember the size of it, the shape of it. And, you know, some of our typical questions when they're asking about an item is, okay, where, where are you from? Is it from Cleveland? Is it from East Coast, West Coast? Right. You know, right. what, what kind of store was it that you bought it at? Because that will determine kind of what kind of candy it was, too. You know, what's, what, was the, what was the size of it? You know, was it individually wrapped? Was right. it round? Was it square? Was it a candy bar? You know, size or, or whatever. That's fascinating. So, and you do have people that come and do that, right? Oh, daily. Yeah, daily. Goodness yeah. gracious. Yeah. It's a blast. It's, it's so much fun. It really is. It's, it's very yeah, rewarding. Yeah, you're the, you're the modern day Willy Wonka. When you, when you show it to them, they're like, well, that's it. <laughs> yep. Well, and that's that's part of the fun of walking down your aisles, too, is a lot of times, you know, we may have something in our mind, like you were talking off the air about the, the Indian uh, pumpkin seeds, but when you see the packaging, and we'll get to packaging in a second, but when you see it and you go, oh, that's it, because that's a lot of times the Necco wafers, the, the tea berry gum, that, that it's not just the, 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 the contents, if you will, it's the packaging that really kind of really grabs people it's crazy yes yes okay so we're on a we're on a, a show called uh, ditched box right that's right that's right so we're talking indian pumpkin seeds uh which has been around i've been selling candy for 45 years and i've been selling that for 45 years i don't know how long how long it's been uh around but you know substantially longer than that but initially that was sold in a box a small wow. box like a little half of a pack of cigarette size box and that's when when my real senior customers come in here and they see you know we we i mean we have honestly 30,000 packs of that uh, you know, in the store of just that, that uh, uh, pumpkin seed, it's now right. in a little bag. It's in a pouch bag. It's no longer in that box. I'm going to say it was probably 30 years ago that they, they, they got away Jeez. from the box and went into the pouch. But they will remember it. And they'll remember that when they went down to the corner store that it was a box. And they'll also tell me, you know, these were only a nickel. Now they're yeah. three cents or whatever. But these of were course. only a nickel then. Well, okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, they're not yeah. today. <laughs> they're not today. Times have changed, yeah. Grandma. But that's yeah. you're exactly yeah. right. We're not going. We're not. You, yeah. That's that's funny. But you, you've got so much into that. We've got a couple of minutes left in in, in this segment, and I and I just wanted to kind of touch base as we kind of um, like go into um, yeah, some of the web business and things like that that you guys are doing. You've got the groovy candies. My buddy Joe Martin is is doing a lot of stuff with that with you, but. Tell me about the, the web business piece of it for you and how that's working out. Well, um, you know, it's a little soft right now, quite honestly. Um, we have built, uh, Joe and Nick uh, for GroovyCandies.com, has built a, a tremendous business in, in, um, uh, in, in the website. And we've been, well, we've been together now for, I'm going to say 15 years. Yep. Yep. Uh, you know, selling candy on the web, which is really a, that's really a long time when you really look at the infancy of of the web. Um, but it, you know, it's a it's a struggle. Uh, there's a lot of competition on the web. Uh, Amazon really you know t- uh, t- takes it to us uh, because of their power sure. in 
you know, and the search engine optimization and how the, where they are, they're placed on everything, you know. Uh, so that's been, that's been somewhat frustrating. But one thing what we do, and we do better than any other candy website, is our service and our customer service. We ship, if an order comes in today, if it's in by 2 o'clock in the afternoon, it's, it's out gone. the door. Yeah. FedEx is picking it up or UPS is picking it up, picking it up and, you know, at 4 o'clock. It's gone. It's it's gone, and we have people that answer the phones. And and I I'm going to say that of our web groovycandies.com, there's probably uh, 25% of the business is phone, where customers are on our site and they call and we talk to them and wow. we tell them, yeah, this is what this is, and you know, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's amazing. It's really amazing. But that's what we do better than anybody does. Tom, I've got more questions. As much as I, I, I could you stick, stick with us? Our final segment's a few minutes, and we only have a minute left on this one. I'd love to ask you a few more questions on the web business, on sure. the packaging side. I'd be grateful. Thank you. Absolutely. Folks, stick around. We've got, we've got a, a one more short segment left with Tom Scheiman of Be a Sweetie Candy Company. And, Tom, this has been a thrill. So hang, hang tight. We're going to be right back, ladies and gentlemen. to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You've got a great product, and it's now on the store shelves at all the major big box retailers. So what's the problem? You are getting squeezed. Cost reductions are demanded from the retailers, and they are not letting up. So what are you going to do? You can give in and watch your margins disappear and hope you can make them up with other clients or with other products. You can say no and watch the retailers make deals with your competitors. Or you could say yes, because you've discovered a way to increase your margins and even get lost margins back. At StandUpPouches.net, we live and breathe flexible retail packaging. We have factories that can run as few as 5,000 pieces and scale to millions without any change in quality. We are ISO 9000 and ISO 14000 approved and offer complete supply chain solutions using our Ohio warehouse. Your retail packaging is the voice of your brand. Don't use inferior packaging. Choose packaging that not only protects, but keeps products fresher for longer while building your brand. To learn more, visit us at www.standuppouches.net or call us at 866-440-2123. Are you a business innovator or are you just sitting on the sidelines? Tune in every week for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Host Bonnie D. Graham talks to a cross-section of the movers and shakers who are leading by example. They will share best practices and innovative ideas to keep you thinking and moving along with the best. Join us for Coffee Break with Game Changers, presented by SAP, Wednesday mornings at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. You are listening to Ditch the Box with David Marinak. If you'd like more information about our program, send David an email to David at StandUpPouches.net. That's David at StandUpPouches.net. Now, back to Ditch the Box. 
Tom Scheiman of Be a Sweetie Candy Company. Now, Tom, we were just chatting a little bit here um, before the last break uh, about the web and the web business, if you will, and groovy candies. Now, I believe you guys recently overhauled or were in the process of overhauling your website. Is that, it, it, you know, and it's one of those things I know from, from my buddy Joe Martin that works for you and all those other kind of things about how important the, the SEO and um, the search engine optimization, that kind of stuff is. Any insight as to, uh, you know, uh, 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 again, another company like us that, that kind of does things on online? I mean, how difficult of a ride has it been on the web? Awful. Absolutely yeah. awful. Um, you know, and, 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 and fortunately, we all know that it is constant reinvestment yeah. of dollars to make sure that you have the best people around you and the, and the best programs, you know, to ensure your success. But the web is changing. It's unbelievable how things change, and daily. Um, you know, we did the redesign and uh, all the uh, the backdoor stuff uh, that all got uploaded. I don't know, maybe about uh, six weeks ago or so. Um, and, and this is an incredible amount of money, sure. you know, to, to do these things. Now we've seen results, uh, but it's a constant reinvestment, which is okay. To a point, uh, you know, but it's yeah. got to, it, you, you got to get a return on that. Right. And, um, you know, it, it, we're still very, very successful on it. But I, I got to tell you, for a small company like ours, it, it does get frustrating when you're up against the big boys like the Amazons or the Ebays, you know. It, it's just, it's very frustrating. It's like they own the web, you know. know. Uh, but we're, we're, we're doing well. But, you know, I'd like, to, I'd like to see more out of it, definitely. Well, it's just, and again, like you said, it's this continually, it continually evolves and it's difficult to kind of, it's like herding cats. I mean, it's just, it just never, yeah. you, right when you think you understand it, it changes again. And they, yeah. ugh, <laughs> That is for sure. You know? Well, let's yeah. talk a little bit. You and I and, and your, your awesome company, we started working together a few years back with some printed stand-up pouches for some of your bulk packaging. Um, yeah. Tell us how that kind of evolved and, and what kind of brought that around initially um, at, your, at your previous store. So we, we used to package our bulk items in uh, two-pound and five-pound bags. We buy the case of candy in 30-pound cases, let's say on average, 30 pounds. And then we would break it down into two-pound bags and five-pound bags. And it was just a plain old clear two-mil, you know, uh, plastic bag, and we put a black and white label on it, you know, with the UPC code and uh, ingredients and nutritional information, all that. And then, you know, um, it's a, it was a, was a large part of our, of our volume of our product mix. So, you know, it got to the point where maybe it's time to start looking at really updating this because it's the same old, same old forever. We used to use a wire tie on the top right. to seal the bag. So, right. you know, we hooked up with, uh, with your company yep. and designed the stand-up bag. We went to a, a 4.4 mil bag. Yep. Uh, we went to rounded edges. We went to a zipper closer, a tie, uh, tag, what do you call that, uh, where you rip it off the top there? The, yeah, tear the, notch, yeah. Yeah, tear, a tear notch, tear notch on right. both sides, printed uh, to color uh, with our logo for Be a Sweetie Candy, for Groovy Candies, and for Arizona, Sweeties Candy of Arizona. And uh, it's a nice stand-up pouch. It feels awesome because it's double the, it's right. double the weight, right. and it looks phenomenal. Absolutely. It's something that we're very, very proud of now. So when you come into the new store, we have, I can't tell you, 400-foot 
maybe, of just that packaged, all the different kind of bulk candies, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of kind of bulk candies. Um, that is you know, awesome. In that, in that particular bag, it looks wonderful. What a great move. Absolute great move. Well, and we're, and we're grateful, too. Just, you know, it's, it's fun to see when, when not only the, the client understands the need, like you said, it's thicker than what you currently had. You definitely, it was an upgrade of what you're currently using, but it serves a purpose. It's helping you build your brand. It's staying on the, you know, it's standing up erect, of course. Um, it's, mm-hmm. it's, again, it's much more robust for people to keep their candy at home. And, and, and again, they, that reemphasizes that kind of be a sweetie and, and, and your other brand names. I mean, it just really right. works. Right. Well, actually, it put us on another level, too, because, I mean, the packaging looks so awesome. It, it just... It's just amazing. So, you know, it helps retail sales when it's laid out on a shelf, you know, in this gorgeous, beautiful packaging with all this colorful candy in it. You know, it helps retail sales, too. You know, it's more eye-appealing. So, Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to wrap things up with my buddy Tom Scheiman with Be A Sweetie Candy Company. So, Tom, where do you see Be A Sweetie being over the next five to ten years? This is, we're setting this up for you live. Have at it. All right, so so we're at forty thousand square foot on almost five acres. So I'm going to say that in five years I'll have about probably seventy thousand square foot here. Um, uh, you know, I mean, we're going to continue to grow. That's that's what we do. It's it, I I can't sit still. We're very very successful, uh, and we just want to share the love. You know. Yeah. <laughs> So we're going well, to continue you guys, to, to really do well. And, and, and again, as I mentioned before, it, it is there's such a spirit, there's such a vibrancy when dealing with everybody. And it starts at the top, Tom. I don't mean to blow smoke at you here, but it's true. I mean, there's something about working with you guys. There's a, there's a you know, again, there's a, a real spirit. And I think it's it starts at the top. So thank you so much yeah. for joining us today. Sure. All right. You're welcome. And this has been a thrill for me, folks. Once again, we've got Tom Scheiman, CEO of Be a Sweetie Candy Company, Groovy Candies. Groovy Candies is at www.groovycandies.com. And I strongly urge you to visit Be a Sweetie Candy Company, largest candy store in America, right here in Cleveland, Ohio, 6770 Brook Park Road, Cleveland, Ohio, 216-739-2244. Tom, once again, this has been a thrill for me. Thank you for spending Thanks, time with David. us. This has been great. Ladies and gentlemen, until next time, I'd like to thank Jamie Berling, our producer, Winston Winnie Price, our executive producer, and all our friends at Voice America. Until next time, remember, it's your product, ladies and gentlemen. Package it properly. Thanks. Thanks for listening to Ditch the Box. We're live every Wednesday at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern, on the Voice America Business Channel. Please join David Maranak for another great show next week. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 